Speaking of knowing Jesus through God's word, Jenny's going to bring us just a slightly longer reading of a couple of really significant paragraphs out of Romans chapter 5, some of which will be familiar because her daughter daughter Esther has read just a little bit of it for us, and then uh, heading us towards Romans chapter 8. Thanks very much, Jen. The first reading today is Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And the second reading today is Romans 8, verse 1 to 4. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Anne and David, sorry, and Stephen to come on down at this point. I mentioned that we're doing things a little differently to normal. Often at this point in the service we would um, dig deep into God's Word as we unpack that together. Um, This morning I thought it would be great as we're overviewing things just to hear a few reflections from some of our members. Come on through, take a seat wherever you like. I'll grab this one on the end, that's easy. Come on over, David. Um, And Anne and David and Stephen were all kind to respond to my invitation to just come and share with us a little bit of what they've been reflecting on learning from in Romans a lot of our growth groups have been making our way through Romans as well David I'd love to just kick off with you um, perhaps just with the most general of questions you know to share with us what it is that's that stood out for you we've been having great chats David and I co-lead a a blokes growth group and there's been lots of you know big moments there of people realizing things but perhaps something that's that stood out for you well, I remember our very first growth group um, on Romans and you, you asked the question how we would describe the gospel and the first thing that came to mind for me was John 3.16 uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life um, which is of course true but the opening chapter of Romans sort of helped me to reset my bearings uh, so to speak uh, because The gospel, as described in Romans, it doesn't place us at the centre. Instead, it places Jesus firmly at the centre and quite clearly proclaims him as as the Messiah, the Son of God, Uh, which, as we unpacked a bit further, uh, essentially makes him the supreme ruler of the universe, which is quite an amazing concept to stop and think about, but that's exactly where Romans takes us. Uh, which led to a second revelation on my behalf. How do we respond to Jesus, the ruler of the universe? And Romans tells us obedience through faith, which we unpacked a bit further once again and sort of landed on this idea of an obedient life that stems from faith. 
And I guess I always, always thought that I had faith and faith in Jesus, but the link with obedience as an expression of that faith hmm. uh, was a really important sort of connection and, and step forward for me. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those moments where we realised actually Paul's very clearly used that same phrase, hasn't he? We, you're referring to it at the start of um, chapter 1, that his kind of life purpose was to call all the Gentiles, all the nations to the obedience that comes from faith or the obedience of faith, as some translations might put it. And then he, he uses that as the bookend at the, the very end of the letter. And that really struck a number of us, didn't it? To see that, that connection, the, the obedience that comes from faith, the obedience of faith. And we obey because we trust that he is, as Paul has described him, the, the Lord of the whole universe. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. And um, you were reflecting on what that means for sinners like you and me. What's, what's been standing out to you from your time in, our time in Romans? Well, as I've studied Romans, I've really been um, reminded again of how much God loves us and his great grace for us. And um, especially Romans 8.1, where it says, um, and as it was just read to us, um, there is now no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Um, no condemnation. Uh, which is um, because of the fact that Jesus died for me on the cross, he died for us all on the cross, and he's finished the work of forgiving our sins on the cross. So I'm now free from condemnation, because if the Father looks at me now, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, and he declares me and you forgiven. And so, though our sins are scarlet be, they shall be white as snow. So if we had a video of my life or your life played on the screen right now, we don't have to be horrified because our sins aren't there. They've been forgiven and forgotten and we are completely um, as Jesus. Mm. So that's amazing and just it's the truth and it's the reality but living in that truth and reality is challenging because we are confronted every day with the temptations of sin and the consequences of sin. And so we really have to trust in God in it, keep believing it, but also he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. And if we let the Holy Spirit um, lead us and guide us and um, renew our minds, he gives us that grace and peace. So my challenge from it all has been to live in no condemnation. Now, I fail quite often, and when I do, I need to just quickly um, confess and remember what Jesus has done for me and just look to him. Mm. And isn't it powerful? You've both, at different points in our conversations, talked about kind of the connection between what you've reflected on, David, the, the great lordship of Christ, the obedience that flows from knowing him as such, and yet also his mercy and grace and just that, that utter freedom that we know in the fact that he has done what needs to be done. If we took either one of them on their own, we, we might get things quite out of kilter and out of balance. We could have this cheap sense of God is just you know wishy-washy and just throws around forgiveness left, right and centre and what does it matter if I'm a sinner because if I'm in Jesus, there's no condemnation and yet actually we're reminded this came at the cost of the very Son of God himself going to the cross, humbling himself on our behalf. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yet perhaps on the flip side, if we if we simply heard Jesus is king, well, we've got all sorts of horrible models of, of kings and human rulers, and yet he is the one who demonstrated his love for us in doing what needed to be done, doing what we couldn't do, 
so that there is no condemnation. Isn't that just a wonderful balance to see the way that that has played out over these recent months of our time in Romans? Stephen, I'm going to pass that down to you. Um, and uh, some of us are well aware, many of us are well aware, but there might be some here that, that aren't aware that your family's been going through a particularly tumultuous time uh, with the joyful arrival of your third child, but discovering that, that Sylvie has a significant medical complication that's thrown your life into a degree of chaos and um, I, I think it's uh, somewhat miraculous that Stephen is awake and that he and Lauren are here and that he's still willing to sit up the front and we'll wait and see whether he says anything coherently that, you know, a sentence that actually makes sense. In, but, mate, you've been running really hard and yet it's been a wonderful privilege and joy to see the way that you've been reflecting on the things that we're reading in Romans and how that's kind of hit home for you in a time of lots of uncertainty and some real challenges. Can you just reflect on us, reflect with us, uh, rather, the things that have stood out for you? Yeah, so uh, shortly before uh, Sylvie was born, uh, we'd been going through Romans and the passage that came up was uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, which is talking about taking glory in our sufferings because it produces character, uh, endurance and character and hope. And at that point, it was, uh, it, was, it was interesting, but it was still at quite an intellectual level. And then uh, shortly after Sylvie was born, and you know, we ended up at ED for the second time with her heart issues. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a stressful time and hard, one of the first things to go for me is my Bible reading. But... I just ended up having that passage going through my head on loop. Like, it was going from something that had just been this kind of theoretical, intellectual level thing to something that was, uh, you know, really going through in my heart at the moment. Um, really reflecting on it in that way. Um, yeah. It's a great reminder, isn't it, of being grounded in the goodness of God's Word when actually the going is pretty good. So that actually, when things shift sideways, we know the God that is there with us, the hope that we have, um, the love that he has for us. Um, and it was actually in a conversation just very shortly after uh, Sylvia's first time in hospital that uh, Stephen and I were chatting. And, um, and he was able to reflect back on that passage in Romans chapter 5. And I was prepping on Romans chapter 8, where we read that, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. And yet actually to be able to recognise that in such a beautiful, fragile little child who's going through such hardship and the family around her, who knows how on earth God is using such hardship for your good, for our good? I don't know. And yet I think you've already been able to see glimpses of that. Um, even in the midst of it all, that God would actually be pointing you back to his faithfulness. Um, it's been a great encouragement, Stephen, and I hope you can hear me, Lauren, to see uh, your faithfulness at a time like this. But I hope for us all just a real tangible um, expression of what it means to know the God uh, who is so powerful and so overflowing in his love that he would even use such difficult times to keep pointing us to Jesus and what he's done for us, and what he's doing for us, and what he promises to do when Jesus returns. Um, I'm going to just pray for us, and take the opportunity to pray in particular for little Sylvie. It's, I gather, been 
A week of some mixed news, some good news that she's actually finally started to put on some weight with the, the tube in that's helping with her feeding. Um, but it also means that it's made really clear that she needs surgery kind of sooner than later, doesn't it? Um, yes. So you guys are sitting in a bit of a, a time of uncertainty waiting to see when you've got a trip to Melbourne for major cardiac surgery for, for Sylvie. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, let's pray, uh, wrapping up uh, those thoughts that we've had. Um, and in a moment after we've prayed, we're just going to thank these guys for being so, so open and, and, and real with us. But, but let's pray at this point. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy to us uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but humbled himself to be found in human likeness, to humble himself even to death on the cross, that uh, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King and Lord of all would come to us that he might deal with what the very problem that, that stands between, between us and life, between us and you, uh, that he would come for our forgiveness. Um, that, as Anne has reflected, uh, there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you that we've been reminded in recent months of how tremendously good that is, even as we've been confronted by how tremendously sinful and flawed and broken we are, how incapable we are of fixing this. So thank you that as we look to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we are also reminded of your immense love and power to make things right. And so... We thank you that as we've worked our way through to Romans 8, we've also seen that you hold out a great future hope for us, that things will not always be as they are, but that you promise that the Lord Jesus will return and make all things new. And so whether it's with Yulene Hithker and the death of her father, whether it's the other grieves of life that we know too well, or as we stand side by side with Stephen and Lauren and little baby Sylvie and her hardship, Father, we uphold this family. Uh, groaning with you, uh, as we read in Romans 8, uh, of this world and its bondage to decay and frustration and longing for things to be made new. We long to see this beautiful little girl thriving, uh, this family who love you, uh, being able to kind of keep their head above water and to move forward joyfully. Um, Father, uh, we know your love for them, for Sylvia, and we pray your healing and your sustaining and we pray that you would come through on your promise of chapter 8, verse 28, that you would indeed work for their good through even this situation, that you would work through this situation that they are experiencing for the good and the blessing of many others. And Father, in it all, as we've spent this time in Romans, keep reminding us to keep looking forward to that great day that we are delighted to be a part of and we want to invite many others to be a part of when we see Jesus face to face and we know that all things are made new in him. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite Stephen and Anne to take a seat. David's going to step up onto the stage. We're going to thank them um, for sharing so generously. Thank you. And David's heading up onto the platform because the band are going to join him and we're going to sing a wonderful song that didn't quite become a theme song for us in Romans uh, because it, it serves us so well at many times of the year, but is a wonderful summary of uh, what we've been hearing about. Uh, and we're going to stand and sing of God's mercy, his mercy that is more. Let's stand and praise his name.